Hey, Johan Yox, welcome back to another college football edition of the Rambling Viking podcast. It was a wild weekend. Once again, college football continues to do anything but disappoint. And uh, lots of movement, lots of exciting scores. And uh, we're not going to talk much else because it takes quite a bit just to get through everything. So, without further ado, let's dive right into what happened this weekend. If you're new here, I only cover the top 25. So if I don't cover your team because they're not in the top 25, then they need to do better. So we'll start with um, TCU at Oklahoma. Caleb Williams got the start, big controversy there, and proved that ah, he might be that dude. And Spencer Rattler, his career at OU as a quarterback might be over as we know it. And I mean, my general analysis is it's just there's a different feeling when he's out there playing, running around and stuff. I don't know if it's just his skill set or if it's the way they're able to game plan, but I mean, there's almost something intangible that seems like when he's out there slinging the ball, playing quarterback, like it's just a totally different vibe. Uh, they got some defensive stuff to figure out. TCU still put up 31, but OU put up 52. So they'll maintain their position. More or less, but they're still got some things to work on. And I do have a fan analysis from our resident OU fan, because I can't claim that title as being semi-neutral in the OU-OSU debate. Uh, Connor chimed in and gave us a good little breakdown of not only this game, but then the outlook for the rest of the season on OU and his predictions on how things could end up. So, without further ado, here it is. Okay, so Caleb Williams is has a different kind of feel to him than Spencer in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, there's the athletic ability, which is somewhere, in my mind, somewhere between a mix of Kyler and Jalen. Like, he's not as fast as, or as quick as Kyler, and he's not as, I can deadlift 640 pounds as Jalen, and he's somewhere in the middle. He throws, it seems, pretty well. The first few ones in this last game against TCU, he underthrew. Uh, They were pretty clearly an underthrow. But after that, he actually extended out and started throwing, like, good balls. And uh, so I think think he'll be fine. I do. And able to run the ball, actually, with Kennedy Brooks, that's very helpful. The defense is moonwalking. Um... It's incredible how bad they are. They, I will say, instead of making mistakes where it's blown coverage and it's a touchdown, a lot of the blown coverages of last week were we gave up 20 yards, but it's not a touchdown. So, I better? I don't know. And playing Kansas next week, so... Um, it ought to be a blowout, and if it's not, then probably put Spencer back in. Oh, um, at this point, it seems likely they'll go undefeated until Bedlam. I cannot predict that one. I, I just don't know yet. Um, but if both are undefeated going into Bedlam, that means that both OU and OSU will play each other back-to-back Bedlam and then Big 12 championship game. And that probably means at least one of them go to the playoff. Probably. Unless they split, 
one wins one, one wins the other, and they both just barely miss out, which would be it would be hilarious. It would be terrible. I would pitch a fit, but it would be hilarious also. So I I just don't know. Uh, I don't know yet as far as year of the end predictions. That's where I'm at. All right. Thank you, Connor. Great prediction. Great input. If you guys want to leave your uh, analysis breakdown or predictions for your respective team, feel free to record it and send it into the show. We'll put it on these episodes. We uh, right now, these episodes drop on Monday and uh, Sunday, you know, I'm watching NFL and stuff. And so it could be kind of crazy. So right now, I'm sometimes it's first thing Monday morning. Sometimes it's not until uh, like now, um, you know, afternoon, early afternoon. And so, I mean, getting to them though, getting them to me on Sunday sometime will almost guarantee that they will be in the episode. So be sure to do that. But uh, I pretty much agree with everything he said, talking about, I mean, it's undefeated until Bedlam, and we'll see if OSU's undefeated, and then it might be back-to-back if they if they win out clean sweep Bedlam, and then potentially the second game against OSU for the Big 12 championship, then, I, I mean, sh- should be a shoe-in for the college football playoff. But we will see. Speaking of OSU, they... Took down Texas. Someone said Texas back. Yeah, no, they're not. Uh, sorry. They, look, once again, they got some outstanding athletes, great running back, some great receivers, but they're just not quite back. Turns out some teams are first half, some teams are second half teams. Texas is a first quarter team. So if they don't knock you out in the first quarter completely, you got three quarters to make up all that ground and some. And that's two big comebacks two weeks in a row by the Oklahoma team. So in this year's Oklahoma versus Texas bout in football, I think we clearly uh, took the cake. And it is clear that we are superior. So any of my Texas friends, feel free to fight me. But, I mean, facts are the facts, right? 32 to 24, read it and weep. And I honestly, personal opinion here, don't think Spencer Sanders is an amazing thrower by any means. He made some bad throws and some got a blatant one, maybe two interceptions, but that OSU defense hangs tough and they do just enough on offense. Got a great running back in uh, with Warren. So they do just enough to keep winning. And Texas does just enough to keep losing. But moving on, uh, Arizona State, uh, falls to Utah, unranked, 35-21. to 21. Mississippi, Ole Miss, Tennessee, quite the drama in this game. Oh, so much drama. I didn't watch the game live, but uh, some people did catch some of the game. So, of course, Lane Kiffin, he was a coach at Tennessee once, and he's at Ole Miss now, so, you know, big rivalry. Tennessee's good. Ole Miss is good this year. Sh- made for a good showdown. Well, Tennessee, mounting a comeback, gets a terrible spot that is reviewed and upheld so they turn over on downs then um then they still have a chance to come back and it's like final seconds of the game three seconds left running the final play and their quarterback who's their second string because their first string got hurt if i'm quoting this right they the qb like forgot it was the last play of the game or something because he start he instead of like he's gonna get pressure kind of scrambles out left sets up and just like he's like ah, I can't find anybody and it's maybe only he's only thrown a forty yard bomb to the end zone a hail mary and then he decides to take off on his feet and he gets like fifteen ish yards but he then just scrambles out of bounds like just gave up just 
whoops, no, no, just launch it to the end zone and hope for the best or just like give it everything you got trying to rush for the end zone. Neither one of those happens. So, I mean, Tennessee, look, clearly it was like uh, the NFC championship with the Rams and the Saints with, with the horrible uh, non-PI call that got, that did or non-call PI um, with this spot. But at the same time, what are you going to do, right? Like, comes down to moments like that, but there's moments throughout the game where it wouldn't have to come down to this moment, and that's just how it goes. But wild, wild game. If there's a game to go back and at least watch the highlights or the ending, there's like a six-minute clip. I'll see if I can put it in the link or in the description. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the link in the description. Um, no, I, it will be, and uh, it's like the last six minutes of the game, and it's it's weird. Very, very weird. But we continue marching on. Time must march on. So, but Ole Miss won 31 to 26. So they maintain their status as being ranked. NC State takes down Boston College 33 to seven. Bama proves that they will probably be in the national championship, taking down Mississippi State 49 to nine. Kentucky and Georgia, the other marquee game from today, and Georgia proved that they are the real deal. This this might be their year. They might do it. As much as I don't want to see Georgia Bama in the Natty. Right now, it just kind of looks how it could be. Unless, oh, you can get their defense together or uh, Ohio State can climb up in the rankings. I know nothing about them, though. I'm not really paying attention. Um, they they had a rough start. I mean, there's – and since he – I mean, you took down Notre Dame, but Georgia and Alabama be a different ball game totally because we all know how overhyped Notre Dame is every year. But Georgia handles business 30-13. to 13. Kentucky just couldn't quite get that offense going, which don't blame them against that Georgia defense. But it definitely feels like this is like Georgia has been good a lot, but they've, you know, they've gotten there or they've just gotten to the playoff and they're just missing. They just can't quite get over the hump. This feels like their year, kind of like LSU's year a few, um, few years ago with Joe Burrow and crew. And this might be their year. Uh, BYU number gets taken down by unranked Baylor 38 to 24. Baylor's the real deal. Real deal. They're putting it together. So good on them. And you can watch RG3. They do the freshman class like running across the field. Um, it's all the newbies or whatever. And RG3 was there commentating and he led it. And then some kid was about to, uh, <laughs> came from the outside and was going to beat him. So he turned on the Jets and it was pretty entertaining. Nice little like side bit. But then I would say the biggest upset of the day, Purdue takes down Iowa 24 to 7. And I just got I watched those highlights right before this and I have to say, well Iowa first quarterback threw four picks and three of them were in the final like 5 minutes. The first one was like a tipped pass and the other ones were just bad passes. And he had one almost pick that would have been taken back to the house, but a couple shank field goals on both sides of the ball or both teams, and then, I mean, Purdue just looked like they were they were able to string together just enough, and the crazy thing is, Iowa had big returns, both punt and kickoff, and some big plays to get down in the red zone, and then just couldn't finish, they would just get stagnated, and it was, it was wild, so yeah, down goes Iowa, falls, falls from grace, and sorry about you, see you later, the, you lost to 3-3 three and three unranked Purdue, yeah, any hopes of being in the college football playoff, you might still be able to get a decent bowl game, but it depends on how you climb back and if you're able to, you know, dethrone Michigan or Ohio State or any any of the other Big Ten rivals that you have. Uh, 
But wild game. If there's one that's worth rewatching or at least catching the highlights, go check that one out. Michigan State takes down Indiana barely 20-15. to 15. Great year, by the way. Florida falls from grace to LSU 49-42. to 42. And this brings up a point that I want to mention is that you know, we're seeing a lot of SEC teams get beat by each other and so, like, fall in the rankings and moving around. And it's awfully reminiscent of a few years ago, the Big 12, when everybody was kind of on the same level. And, I mean, I would say, for the most part, all the teams were good. There was no, like, out outstanding one team. And so they kind of all beat each other. And everyone's like, oh, it's all because they all suck. And But you don't hear any of that talk with the with the SEC that looks like the Big 12 of five years ago. High-scoring games, and then lots of shaking up and moving around. And it's just kind of funny to see that, like, eventually, that's what they turn into. And, oh, is it because they're all so good? Yeah, I highly doubt that. I think it's because maybe they all have some serious pitfalls and can't uh, keep consist- can't stay consistently at a certain level, or it's because they have some ex- uh, they get exploited um, with some s- certain shortcomings either in their roster or their scheming or whatever, and get taken advantage of and get upset, right? And so I'm not trying to, yeah, I am trying to talk some trash. It's fine. Uh, Cincinnati handles business, continues to prove that they at least somewhat belong here. Take down UCF, the legendary UCF, who tried to get in the college football playoff a few years ago, 56-21. to uh, A&M proves that uh, they're at least decent and will belong in the top 25, beating Missouri 35-14. to Arkansas shows us that they're still Arkansas. It is, it's going to take a couple years to, to really get to the level that we all thought they were at when they stomped Texas early on in the year, losing to Auburn 38-23, to an unranked Auburn, So, which is a decent Auburn, but uh, you know Arkansas is having, or we thought we were having, a, a mind-blowing year, but they still prove they, they still have some stuff to work out, which is fine. They've been so, so trash, and they're finally uh, having some... Fl- flashes of what it's like to be good and sometimes that takes a, a year or two to get all the pieces put together and that's fine but still mm, they're not quite rejuvenated then san diego state stays alive against san jose state the battle of the sands and 1913 in double overtime on friday didn't watch that game but it's always exciting to see that but that was a really fun game to watch and then also Oregon stays alive to stay ranked against Cal barely though winning 24 to 17 I don't trust anybody ranked uh, in the top 10 who's a part of the Pac-12 and I don't anticipate seeing any of them in talks for the college football playoffs so that being said it's time to look at our rankings and how they changed Georgia still top overall Cincinnati Cincinnati, OU, and Bama all bump up. Basically, everyone bumped up a slot. Iowa, they fell all the way down to 11. Oregon and Michigan State switched. OSU is at 8. But your top five are Georgia, Cincy, OU, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, which that's gearing up. Those two teams can win out. That'll be a fun rivalry game to see the the clash of those two. Then you have Penn State, OSU, Michigan State, and Oregon rounding out the top 10. Uh, Coastal Carolina finally bumped up. Uh, they had an off week this week, and they are now 14, still behind Notre Dame, but it's fine. Other notable things, uh, I think Wake Forest moved up, Texas A&M moved up, Auburn is now ranked, Baylor's ranked. 
what is UTS? Oh, University of Texas, San Antonio. Purdue is now ranked. They are 25, sneaking under the wire. Texas is no longer ranked. And fun fact, uh, speaking of, saw Wake Forest, found this one out. Uh, they were showing an old picture. Apparently, Wake Forest is the Demon Deacons. Tell me, did you know that? I didn't know this. This is news to me. I've never heard this, never been told this. Total surprise, and that feels like a wildly aggressive, like that is not the image I had when I think Wake Forest, you know? And Demon Deacons, though? Maybe that was just from, you know, it was a picture from like the 60s or 70s or something like that. So maybe it's shifted since then and they're just the Deacons, but Demon Deacons? Yeah, no thanks. Don't want any part of that. My kids are not going there. (laughs) But... That is your updated rankings for the most part. You can go look at those. I'm not going to kind of go through anything or everything. As it stands now, you'd have Georgia. Oh, my gosh. You'd have um, Georgia and Bama in the playoffs. See, that which might be the natty before the natty, you know, if they're meeting first round of the playoff. And you had Cincy and Oklahoma. So we'll see how that stands, how things move around. We've got exciting. Let's go ahead and look ahead at next week, week eight. So you have things like OU at Kansas, which should handle business. A 38-point favorite. Um, Then OSU and Iowa State. And here's the funny thing. So apparently OSU only had a 20% chance against Texas and then um, of win, like the power index, which I think big media wants Texas to be big again. And we talked about this after the Red River shootout um, in OU, Texas. But they just, I don't know, they have a certain affinity for, like, they want them to be good. Kind of like the USC and Notre Dame. Like, every year media is real big on them. And then I haven't heard a lick about USC this year. And you've heard a little bit about Notre Dame, but they're just middle of the pack. Well, same thing here. OSU seems to get a little shortchanged because they're they're the seven-point underdog. And uh, Iowa State, who's 4-2, and two, uh, has like a 70% chance probability to win. It's kind of crazy, so we'll see. But honestly, o- to anyone, to any OSU fans out there or OSU, if you listen to this, you know, just as a whole, just literally talking to the entire school, you uh, just ride that out. Ride that lightning of underdogness. That's what got the Eagles the Super Bowl. They were an underdog all the way through, even though they were one of the best, one of the top teams that year going into the playoffs. They were, they were considered the underdog uh, according to the odds. And so just ride that out. Own it. All right, but uh, big game, Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State. They're only a four-point favorite. This will be one of their first big tests. I get it's only Appalachian State, but that's just what we're dealing with, all right? They're four and two. They're only a four-point favorite, so keep your eyes open. That is on Wednesday? What, middle of the week? I don't know how I feel about middle. Like, it's one thing to do Friday, but Wednesday and Thursday? I guess it's for TV time. They're trying to fill airtime. I don't know how I feel about that, but Wednesday night. There's no football, so, well, now there is football. Coastal Carolina, go check out the Chanticleers. Let's do it. Uh, Tulane, SMU, nobody cares. Cincinnati takes on Navy, 28-point favorite, so trap game, maybe. Illinois, Penn State, nobody cares. Uh, Michigan, Northwestern, trap game, watch out, 21-point favorite. Uh, The Demon Deacons take on Army. Wisconsin, Purdue. We're going to see how the Big Ten gets shaken up. Uh, Wisconsin's 3-3, Purdue was 3-3, now they're 4-2. Mm, I don't know. There's going to be some bouncing around. Could get sticky. Uh, Clemson at Pittsburgh. That should be a good game. Clemson unranked. Pittsburgh ranked. Uh, They're only a three-point favorite. Uh, LSU Ole Miss should be a good game. Oregon and UCLA. Pac-12 games we don't care about here. San Diego State and Air Force. Nobody cares. Tennessee at Alabama. Bama's going to romp them. 
Um, don't care about that game. UTSA versus Louisiana Tech. Nobody cares. NC State at Miami. I forgot Miami was a team this year. They, I think they were ranked originally, and they've just tanked. Like Florida State, too. That's another team. Ohio State and Indiana. 19-point favorite. We'll see if they continue to make their case to try and squeak in. And South Carolina, Texas A&M. So, wow, A&M's a 21-point favorite, but could be a trap game. Then, finally, oh, this is... The NBC night game is USC at Notre Dame. The two media golden childs, golden golden geese there. Uh, nobody cares about that game. It's uh, going to be a non-starter. USC, go ahead and upset Notre Dame and just show show everyone that you two belong out of the conversation, so we can stop talking about them. So, what are you? What games are you most looking forward to next week? I'm obviously looking forward to OSU Iowa State because. Iowa State seems to be the king killers. They are, them and K-State like to be the upset kings of the Big 12 at least. And so Iowa State is always a tough matchup. Uh, they're four and twos, they're good, but it's just kind of wild to me that like how much credit they're given. But maybe it's because of their history now. They've established that. Um, so that game, Wisconsin-Purdue, Clemson-Pitt. I guess LSU and Ole Miss should be fun. And... That's really kind of it. I don't know. Seems like a down week this week in terms of some of these games, but we'll see how they pan out. Uh, But I think that's a good place. Wow. Really cranked out this. uh, Holy crap. Yeah, really cranked out this episode. Nice and short. Normally it's been about 45 because I go through everything a little bit more in depth, but I'm realizing you probably get or have most of this information. So I'm trying to bring to you the you know type of analysis you can't get anywhere else or give. So that, that'll do it for this week's college football episode. Uh, let me know what matchups you guys are looking forward to. Give me your team's breakdowns and or predictions for the rest of the year um, or just your who do you think is going to be in the college football playoff uh, this year. Who do you think? How do you think it's going to wind up? Right now, my hopes are that um, I, I think I don't think OU and OSU can both make it. And realistically, I mean, let's I don't think right now as it stands, they wouldn't do too well in the college football playoff. So it's like, do you really want to be there if you don't belong? Um, pulling for Cincy to to stay in, hang tough, maybe make it to the Natty. I don't know about winning it uh, right now. I think Georgia's probably the clear favorite, but you're obviously going to have like Ohio State and Michigan, but that's going to come down to their game and then the Big Ten championship and just see how all that unfolds. But I'm excited. Uh, I want to see Connor and I were breaking it down, and you can fact check us on this. We were breaking down last night, though, and looking at the, you know, there hasn't been that much nuance in the college football playoff. I think of the seven years it's been around, you know, there's 28 teams. um, That's seven years, four teams a year. There's only been, I think, uh, like, seven different teams in the college football playoff and then of those seven there's only been like five or six national champions so you have uh, LSU you have Clemson you have Bama you have Ohio State um and I think that's so maybe only four yeah that's right only four winners so uh, I'm ultimately I'm a fan of doing I think I've talked about this you do if you win your if you're in the power five you win your conference you're in so there's five and then you have three at large bids and they can they can be from a power five conference or it's just the next best three teams and you you maybe always let in a non power five and do do an eight team uh, playoff that would, that's my that would my personal thing I and mean, you could expand it to 12 but then it's just like the top 10 and I don't know that almost gets a little too messy but what do you want to see? Do you want to see it evolve? Do you like the four team or do you, would you rather see the power five and the three at large bids? 
Um, let me know any and all of your thoughts. Follow the link in the description to the website to give me any and all of those thoughts. Feel free to email a, a voice memo or you can record one straight into the library that'll come straight to the show. Be easy to input. You can leave a voicemail. You can text. Just email. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. It's Rambling Viking Podcast. Thank you for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. Or if you're new here, thank you for becoming a part of the Hanyak Horde. That does it for um, this episode of the Rambling Viking podcast, College Football Edition. This Hanyak is out.